You're listening to the ProcureTech Podcast, your weekly show for all that's cooking in the digital procurement space. Yes, we've got the hottest startups, thought leadership and conversation from visionary industry experts and definitely no stiff corporate content. I'm your host, James Meads, procurement pro, digital nomad and ProcureTech fanboy. And now here's this week's show. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech Podcast, where every week we bring you everything that is fun, exciting and innovative in the digital procurement space and definitely no stiff, boring content. This week, we're going to be talking again about that little devil that keeps cropping up. We're going to be talking about data and I'm going to be interviewing a CEO of a company that has taken a slightly different approach to this because with all of what we hear in the market about AI and scraping and automatic cleansing of data, we're going to be talking about a different approach today and why he thinks that is the safest way to get clean data in your organization. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to this week's ProcureTech podcast, Costas Ziluanius from Hicks. And Costas, I apologize now, I probably butchered your name. No, did a great job. Thanks, uh, James. Really glad to be here. Awesome. So let's start off then. Just briefly explain a little bit about Hicks in a nutshell, and then we can dig into what makes you different versus some of the other solutions that are out there. Because that, for me, is really intriguing, given all of what we're hearing now about AI and scraping and, and, and automatic cleansing of data. So let's start there. Just give a quick overview, and then we can dive into that topic. Yeah, Hicks is in the business, actually, of supplier experience management. And this has been an evolution, as you've seen in many other areas, probably customer experience. And Supplier experience for us does equal data. Now, the end state is not just the data. By the way, there are real value drivers after that, but it's the foundation. The same way, right? What's customer experience initially? It is about data. So we're very much focused on driving value both for customer and supplier through the notion of supplier experience management. And for us, they're the yin and the yang. You know, better data yields a better supplier experience and the better the supplier experience, the better data you can get. So that's kind of eventually where you create this flywheel value effect for both sides. So this is what Hicks is focused on doing currently. And and how does it then differ to solutions that that take the approach of, of automatically gathering and cleansing data using scraping techniques or using AI to to recognize and remove duplicates and that type of thing? Well, there's a few differences here. Number one, what is the customer trying to solve? So a lot of our customers, they want the data to be correct in their target systems, right? In their operational systems, their SAPs, their Oracles, their Aribas. What you tend to find is when companies, which has been kind of the old school way, but it's still being done just slightly more automated, when you pull data out, clean it, change it, etc., what you actually find is you can never push it back into those operational systems, okay? It's very high risk. And what companies also find is the data has also changed. So it's quite an unsustainable approach to do this, right? And that's been the way most people have traditionally done it. So what we're actually trying to do is put the processes in place 
which control how data is entered into those systems. And we view it that the supplier is the source of truth. So let's optimize as much as possible, you know, that experience of how you collect the data, but you'd still need to collect it and then use sources where needed to obviously, again, automate, enrich, etc. So, so you are using some degree of automation, then you're just not, you're just the, the fundamental difference is that you're relying on the supplier to provide the core master data. Correct. But it's also, don't forget, customers are looking to drive a process. And I think that's the where maybe people disconnect it, right? So yes, they want data, but they want it also in the context of a business process. And if we take an example, you know, you create master data, but really it's I onboard a supplier and the end result is the data which is created. So customers are looking to solve that whole onboarding part, which also includes creation of the supplier hierarchy. So it's a very nuanced conversation when you go into the details, but, you know, customers need very granular kind of views of supplier and processes happen at different levels of the hierarchy. You could be doing sustainability at a parent entity. If you're looking at a process around manufacturing and quality, that has to happen at the facility of the supplier. What a lot of these sources don't do is it doesn't explain in the context of the customer, is it the parent legal entity Am I using it for contracting? Am I using it in manufacturing? Which then in itself has to drive a different way of managing the data or the business process. Right. I mean, when we think about vendor master data, we often wrongly in in a lot of cases think about what data do you need in the system to enable you to to pay a supplier, you know, in a classic procure to pay process. But you're, you're absolutely right in something like manufacturing, especially in in an industry like food or, or automotive where you know there are, there are health and safety or, or quality requirements that are very much front and center of part of a qualification process, there has to be some way of distinguishing the supplier experience and the onboarding process between those. And I guess if if you are using a tool that automatically that automatically cleanses data, it's not necessarily going to know a, what the supplier does, and and B, you know, to how strategic and how critical is that vendor to your specific operations, right? Because every every company is going to be different in terms of who are their strategic suppliers. Correct, and also the context of how that data is used. So it could be the address of a supplier, but it could be a payment address, it could be an ordering address, it could be a manufacturing address. When you're cleansing the data, you don't know this. And actually, people confuse. I don't think the customers have a problem with, is it LTD or limited, right? That's not really their their challenge. It's, is it the ordering address? Is it the parent entity? Is it the legal entity? Does it belong as part of the same legal entity? These are the questions they're actually trying to solve and to a high degree of accuracy. So I think you need to be clear on your use case. If your use case is highly analytical, then obviously to use an outside service to clean and link up your data is a fine approach, right? Because the purpose here is to analyze data. If you're trying to solve a use case where you want to actually change the data in your operational systems, this doesn't work, okay? Because there you have to have the context of how is this data and what does it mean within my operating environment? And when I send this data to Coupa, it means something different from when I send it into Archer, from when I send to, to Ecovades and so forth. And it's going to be different depending on the context in, in each specific case, of course, yeah. So yeah. your solution predominantly 
is, is aimed towards enterprise clients, as I understand it. So, I mean, these are big organizations. If the suppliers are then entering and, and verifying and, and, and uploading documents into Hicks and they're essentially the, the source of truth, then on the, on the customer side, what typically do you see amongst your customers of of, of managing this or, or or of changing or approving this? Because the, I guess my the the nature of the question is, if you have too many people involved in this process, then you get to the point where you just get by default duplicate vendors or uh, or incorrect entry records because you've got multiple people managing it. So. Do they, I mean, do they typically have a master data steward approach or, or a centralized department that that interacts with the data that's going into Hicks? I mean, how do they operate? No, it's a great question. The key thing is, and that's also what drives some of the complexity, is suppliers are very, very cross-functional, which is why also managing supplier master data is much more difficult than customer master data, by the way. If you think who touches a customer, particularly in big B2B, very few people. If you think who touches a supplier, as you said, a lot of people, right? Everyone touches suppliers in one way or another. But exactly. it is around yeah. data yeah. governance and ownership and beyond just the core master data. So for core master data, for sure, you need to have a global centralized team because that's just the efficient way to do it. And the way you think about it is the supplier owns the data and we are just validating and reviewing it. And of course, within this, they'll probably be able to leverage a good amount of external sources when it comes to core master data. But of course, the conversation moves very quickly beyond that, right? Because people are not just focused on that. They want a lot of other information, sustainability, environmental information, you know, data regulatory kind of information, right? Things which are very specific to, to industries. And what we're actually seeing is they are complementing this with what I call curated data sources, right? And for me, curated data sources, we will see more and more of them, which are specialized in a particular area. Like Ecovadis or Integrity Next, they curate data for ESG type of information. So a lot of customers will be using that. And actually, that will be cross-functional, right? It will go then to a potentially a sustainability team, or you may involve also health and safety and quality team, depending on the type of suppliers which you're onboarding. Equally, they may be using then a supplier.io, which is curating diversity data, right? So this is how customers are bringing the two together. I mean, they are very interested in driving their own processes and they want to do this efficiently, but they want to do this very cross-functionally and they want to use these sources to enrich and automate where they see it makes sense, right? And so Higgs then essentially is the aggregator of all of that data in one single source of truth? Correct. And it's really, it's not just aggregation, but it's more orchestration of the process across systems. And of course, then how we bring in the, the information at the right time, but also how you drive workflow, because people forget there's a reason why they want the diversity or the ESG data, right, or the financial risk. So what we're seeing is, you know, based on a credit score, then it may go down this path or that path, right? Or based on the Covada sustainability scores, maybe we might need to do an audit. So what the customers want and what we're doing with Hicks is, you know, doing something with the data, putting it in workflow, converting the data into process and using it to drive more automation and a better experience within that process, right? Because with data, what we're actually able to do is also to make things far more personalized 
to the suppliers in their workflow, which also drives then efficiency. So this sounds great in theory, and I, and I get the angle that you're coming from completely, but isn't there then the risk that suppliers just see it as another platform that a customer is demanding that they use? Because it's it's great for core vendors that you're spending millions of, of pounds or dollars with, but what about you know the dreaded two words in every procurement professional's vocabulary, tail spend? You know how do you how do you get all of these vendors to to put their master data into in, into a system if you're just one of many on the market that other customers are using? Yeah, I think people have to remember here of the context. So first of all, the supplier will have to provide this data to the customer today, right? There isn't a singular source. So this today is done via email and Excel. So we have to look at it for for what it is, right? So already. To the supplier, you are providing a value add today because they don't have to do this manually. And of course, you are using then external sources to try and automate this. But for the supplier, it goes far beyond just the master data, right? When you think of the portal and what we're focused on, the data, as I said, is just the starting point, right? That's the foundation. It's kind of a must have. And for sure, you know, the ways of how you solve that will evolve. But when a customer thinks of a supplier and their portal, today they're using it actually to drive differentiation and be customer of choice. Okay, so they're trying to add value to the supplier to make it simpler for the supplier. A big struggle for suppliers, small ones in particular, is communication, right? They're bombarded with multiple communications from multiple channels within a large organization. Here, the portal and what we're actually solving for our customers with the supplier experience portal is establishing that single channel for them, which actually optimizes and makes it easier for them to work with a large enterprise because there's one place to go to for all their different communications. And what you're doing is helping them navigate all these other systems which exist. Because you know what we would imply a little bit with that statement would mean that the customer has basically one system which will do every single thing and all the data of the supplier and information is exactly as you want it within that system. And that isn't the reality today, right? The reality today is best of breed. It's open kind of ecosystems. And how do you operate with multiple solutions, right? So this is the problem which exists and which we're solving and simplifying for those suppliers. Yeah, so it's having it's having that single source from which they can self-serve, which, which again, for a key vendor and a vendor that's doing a lot of business with a customer is going to be a, is going to be a huge benefit. But then I guess the... The, the sort of additional conundrum to that is then what do you do with the long tail? And it's not necessarily a Hicks problem. It's more of a, it's more of a strategic direction of which way does, does, does a large enterprise want to go with this problem? Because, you know, realistically, a company that's, that's invoicing 10K a, a year worth of spend to a large organization is probably not going to have the, the, the will or the, or, or, or the push to be to to going to you know another vendor portal and, and and proactively maintain their data. So I guess that's how do you marry that with you know something like a, a tailspin solution that does you know aggregation or that has a more intuitive interface and and sort of ease of ease of use for both the stakeholder and the supplier in terms of interacting with you know high high volume low spend or even low volume low spend, you know, one-time purchases, which kind of then brings me on to the point of, 
you know, the whole best of breed versus sweet argument. And, you know, how does that then fit into, you're probably familiar with Dr. Eloise Epstein, who I had on the show a few weeks ago, and she she has this spider diagram with the platform in the middle. And traditionally, plat- the, the, the platform, which is the single source of truth in a lot of organizations, has been one of these classic legacy enterprise suite applications like you know SAP, Ariba, and Cooper being the market leaders in this field. Could, could Hicks be that platform as well and then have other best-of-breed solutions that that plug into that as as being a single source of truth, you know, like a tailspin solution, just as one example, but um, you know, also things around something like ESG or a more advanced, you know, contract lifecycle management platform, for example. Yeah, absolutely. This is right on point in terms of what Hicks does, James. And if you have seen Eloise's latest diagram, I think she also puts Hicks there in the middle. Right. You need this data foundation and the integration capability to connect these systems. Right. And the idea is that different companies at different times in their journey will also need different types of solutions. Right. And by industry, you have, again, some, you know, companies need advanced contract management. Others need advanced e-sourcing kind of optimization, but they don't all need all the same tools and not all at the same time. The common thread between them, though, is you need to orchestrate processes which rely on common supplier data and information for that to be efficient and automated. And what you find is the suite actually doesn't have the right information to do that. What people forget is where the the suite and the ERP came from. And these are largely transactional systems. They're used for orders and invoices and payments, which is also historically where you know, procurement and finance kind of came from, right? They saw the supplier, we pay you money, we squeeze you on cost. And hence, the focus has always been on optimizing and the systems have been on optimizing the transaction, order, payment, invoice. What we've seen today is that's moved well beyond just transactions, right? Which is why a lot have struggled and failed when they've done portal solutions backed by a suite is... It's geared for transactions. It doesn't have the right hierarchy of data and information, which we were just talking about, right? It doesn't deal with a parent entity or a manufacturing entity. And the ordering process is just one element of all the things we have to do with, suppl- with suppliers, right? And, and yeah, you hit, you hit the nail on the head that if you implement a suite or even if you implement a best-of-breed procure-to-pay solution, if you put garbage into it from a master data perspective, you're you're going to, to a large extent, get get garbage out. You know, it's uh, it's always the dreaded scenario, isn't it? If you buy a spend analytics solution, or if you run spend through a system, and uh, and the biggest piece on the pie chart is the uncategorized piece. <laughs> you know, we've all been, we've all been there at some point in our careers. Hey, so just a quick interlude to let you know about procurementsoftware.site. This is a new website that I recently launched to give you, the listener, a free-to-access intuitive guide to digital procurement technology. You can filter on a multitude of different criteria and pick out a short list of procurement software solutions that are relevant to your business and your needs in less time than it takes to boil an egg. No corporate subscriptions, no complex jargon, and definitely no pay-to-play model. We are a completely transparent, open book, 
and we really want to get your feedback on what we can really do to make this user experience better and constantly improve so as we're providing value to you. Check out procurementsoftware.site. And now let's get right back to this week's podcast. Is it a lack of resource that's part of the problem or is it just more of a lack of prioritization to have data up there as being a top priority historically? Well, I think there's lots of factors, but you're right. Historically, procurement has not been interested in data is the is the honest answer. And there could be a number of reasons. Uh, obviously, they're, they're measured predominantly on, on savings, but they felt it's a big daunting problem because most enterprises leave it until it's very bad. And in the end, no one necessarily wants to touch it or they're looking for a Band-Aid solution to this. Now, what has changed in this day and age, though, is... It's no longer nice to have, and organizations are now accepting this, which is why it's getting prioritized. But historically, if you look at that Deloitte CPO survey, they've listed supplier data consistently, I think now for the last four or five years, as the biggest barrier to digitalization and procurement. So I think the penny has dropped, and also solutions now are coming on the market like us, like others, which are supporting and making it more feasible to actually get these projects done quickly even within these complex environments. It's slightly off topic, but do you still see a lack of willingness to invest in cleaning data? Because certainly, you know, CFOs tend to think fairly short-termist, understandably, I guess, if they're working for publicly traded companies that, that have to report results by, well, by the quarter in the US or by the, by the year in most other jurisdictions. So if that sort of encourages short-term thinking and the return on investment for data is usually several years. You know, it's like building a new road or a new, new airport to a certain extent that the, uh, the return on investment is longer. Are you still seeing the worm starting to turn now in that sense? Yeah, I think the, the business case is easier to prove than, than people think, particularly in supplier data. So what, what has to change is to not look at it as a back office master data management thing. And that's what we've tried to do is to put it into front end business processes, right? So when you think of creating master data, that's the supplier onboarding. And when you put it in that context, actually, there's a lot of savings to be done in terms of the efficiency gain, which you're getting by putting a system to help you manage this data. Because ultimately, there's a lot of inefficiency of you doing this thing multiple times across many systems, across many geographies, right? You just have no visibility of it. So when I think of some customer use cases, you know, they they removed 17 full-time equivalents in the data management piece. Okay, so that's a very easy business case these days, which can be done. When you broaden it up around also the the effort today of managing this data. Yeah, it's the old argument, isn't it? As long as you're as long as you're taking people out of the business or deploying them towards more strategic or value-added tasks, then it's easy to prove the ROI. But if they're just getting swamped by other busy work, then a financial controller or a CFO is never is never going to recognize that as a saving. So it's it's really about how progressive organizations think too in terms of you know eliminate, delegate, and automate uh, a, a lot of the non-strategic slash non-value-added work. You know, I talk about that a lot too. Before we close this out, Costas, obviously Hicks is more dedicated towards large enterprise customers, but I wanted to ask you where you see the big difference between 
an enterprise data problem and a, and a, and a small or medium-sized business data problem. Could you, could you just put that into context for us? Yeah, obviously we need to define how small is, is small. I think there's, there's a range here. And when a company is very small, to be honest, the challenge is also probably a small one, right? Your volumes are low and the value you will derive is also going to be low. But what we have to consider is as volumes grow and systems grow, then there is a need and desire, you know, we need more automation. We want analytics to give us insights, right? Because now using our volume and our data, we can have new kind of insights, you know, to drive improvement. So when you're small, you obviously won't have this kind of data where you could necessarily derive insights, right? So again, your challenge isn't, is very different when you're looking at it, when you're a, a small organization. And there, because you are not having enough resources, you are looking for more of a network play potentially where the data is already managed for you. Okay, and the maturity of your requirements will also be quite low. But again, what we see is there's still a need to orchestrate, to orchestrate things across multiple platforms. There's still not one solution which will do it for the small and mid-sized entity for all suppliers, okay? Now, for a large organization, it's very clear they have this issue because they have volume, they have complexity, they have diversity, because they span a lot of different geographies and a lot of different types of suppliers. So there's just a completely different need. The one thing I would say, though, is that it's also much easier when you're small to start off by wanting to have good data, because when you are small, part of the problem is just making sure you have good discipline, right? And that's free to do. So the idea of being able to start with that in mind and not wait till you are big and realize that I have a problem suddenly, which is kind of what happens, right? We don't have a problem. We don't have a problem. You know, we're too small. We're too small. And suddenly, oh, I'm big. Look at all this data. I have a huge problem. Yeah, and I think that that's a great differentiation between, for example, a, a, a legacy medium-sized industrial manufacturing business and a rapidly scaling startup, which, you know, if they can strategically get their arms around this problem or, or potential problem very early on, then then it's not going to be a problem in future. Whereas, you know, a business that's had crappy data for decades is is going to have a much a much bigger thing to tackle when they finally get around to it. And it just slowly, it slowly sort of gathers pace and snowballs, doesn't it, if you don't action it? Exactly. Final question, Costas, and this is a really easy one. If anyone would like to find out any more about Hicks or connect with you, where is the best place that they can get in touch? And also, you've got a podcast as well, if you want to give that a plug, because I've been a guest on it. So happy to let you to, <laughs> to, to do that. Yeah, so anyone interested in supplier experience, there is supplier experience live. It talks about data, but in the context of, of supplier experience. And we're very excited to to see how organizations are really latching onto this. In fact, we've launched an SXM community, so that's growing um, with lots of great members. So definitely, for those very interested, also reach out to join the SXM community. And myself, I'm I'm online on uh, social media on LinkedIn, so I'm... Uh, I'm active there. Anyone that wants to reach out and talk about data, suppliers, supplier experience, feel free to to reach out directly on, on LinkedIn. And we will link to all of that in the show notes. Costas, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, yeah, we've been connected for a while. It's great to make this happen. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a unique, refreshing approach. And yeah, wish you success. Good luck. Thanks, James. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
So that was Costas from Hicks talking all about some of the challenges and potential with supplier data and how we can all make this easier on ourselves and reduce a lot of unnecessary administrative work on both supplier and on the customer side. Just a quick one before we sign off. Don't forget, if you're looking for a one-stop shop to look and compare best-of-breed procurement technology, then head over to procurementsoftware.site. We've now just added 20 solutions, actually. So we've now got over 300 solutions listed on there if you're looking for a quick, easy-to-use website to compare and contrast the different solutions that are out there. Thanks again for listening. We do know there are a lot of other procurement podcasts in this space. A lot of them are actually pretty good. So thank you for inserting us into your earballs today. And until next week, take care. Keep on pushing with all of your supply chain challenges out there. And bye for now.